Welcome to the Concierge CPA. I'm Jackie Meyer, founder of the Concierge Accountant Program and Tax Done IQ software. This is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service. We discuss their path to excellence, their daily habits, and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. Welcome to the Concierge CPA. I have Randy Crabtree back with me as a second guest. You might be the first second guest, Randy, which is exciting because we're only about 30 episodes in. Welcome back. I was really energized and excited to hear about this brand new conference that you created this year. And it just happened. You had some big names there. Y'all were talking about important things. Tell our listeners what it was about and let's dive into what those key learnings were and when they can get involved again. Yep, sure. Thanks, Jackie, for having me on. A two-time guest. I'm very honored. Thanks. So the conference, like you said, just ended. What is this? We're sitting on a Tuesday. It was last Thursday, then technically Wednesday night, but it was a brainchild I had three and a half years ago. And COVID hit and we weren't doing an in-person. So we did a virtual one for a couple of years, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the goal. It wasn't really my plan. But we did an in-person live, Rosemont, Illinois, just outside O'Hare Airport. It was called Bridging the Gap Conference, which I think the decision was made while we're there. Every year, it's called Bridging the Gap. There's always gaps that we can bridge. And this year, it was about prioritizing a few different things. Bridging the gap between generation. In my mind, that was generational firms, not individuals. But there's so many differences in skills and talent and knowledge at these large older firms. And then these younger startup firms just are more nimble and can change and look at things differently. And so bridging those gaps so we can all learn from each other, prioritizing health. We talked a lot about working smarter. We had sessions on the 25-hour work week. We had Don Brolin talking about working 35 hours a week and coaching softball during tax season. Niall Carter Gray talked about taking a vacation during tax season. So we had those types of things. And then everything was all built around finding your success because what I do shouldn't be what anybody else does. Everybody else has their own ideas on the firm, the practice, the business they want to build. And so those were the three main themes. And and we had a lot of great speakers that built off of those three areas. Very cool. And Jason Stats, did he like MC or what was his role? So Jason had a couple roles. We had a Tuesday evening gala event. And I didn't realize if you call it a gala event, everybody gets all excited because they get all dressed up. But I found out before we got there, that was the plan. So we had people in unbelievable, great outfits, some for fun, some for just looking great. We had a red carpet. So people were getting interviewed as they walked into the event that we're going to be sharing those videos. And then Jason, what he did along with John Garrett is emceed an award show that we put together during the event. So they ran about 45 minute an hour award show and John and Jason crushed it. It was so funny. They did an awesome job. That's great. Okay. Very cool. 
So let's go back for a second and recap a little bit about what Dawn was talking about and kind of key insights. I think she just published a book, right? Because I've seen her on tour for that book. Yeah, she's got a couple books. She's got The Designated Motivator for Accountants, which I think is what she was doing this past week at a BMW event, signing that book. But then she and I were both co-authors with about six other people on another advisory book that just came out. So it could have been that book as well. So it would be good if I knew the name of it off the top of my head. <laughs> but it's something about the creating an advisory service. You know what? While you're asking another question, I will try to look it up and see if I can remember. It is on Amazon. I know that. We'll figure out. But it's about building an advisory practice is what it is. And then there was about eight of us that I think contributed chapters to the book. So who else was involved? In that book? Yeah. Eric Green, I think, spearheaded it. Don Brolin. Insider's Guide to Accounting Advisory Success 2023. You got it. Nice. Great lineup here. Oh, we've got Amy. Amy Vetter is one of my mentors for Tax One IQ. We've got Sean Duncan, who is my little nemesis BFF, we were in 40 under 40 together. He's not under 40. For some reason, we had a lot of people not under 40 in the 40 under 40 thing at AICT Engage this year. And we just joked a bunch. And he's always got great insights. And then you've got, oh, Sharon Fuller. She's amazing. You've got Paul from RC Reports. Yeah, that's an awesome lineup. I love it. Okay. And you've got Michelle Weinstein, who is my good friend. Yeah. The pitch queen. Is that what she calls herself? That is so cool. Okay. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot about Eric Green and maybe getting connected with him because he's running that whole like IRS representation group that seems to be killing it. Yep. Tax rep network. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah. Eric's great. I just met Eric over the last year or so, but really enjoyed every conversation I've had with them and good guy and all those people. I think I've met them all on that book. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. And then Nio, you said, what was her topic? Let's hear more about hers because she's always a good speaker. She is a great speaker. And she was talking about taking a vacation during tax season. And it wasn't necessarily just, hey, I can take a vacation during tax season. It was this whole mindset of, hey, let's not be crazy you know, tie ourselves to the desk. Let's allow ourselves to have a life, even though it's tax season. And so she did that and she did great. And Dawn was similar to change your mindset, change your life. She talked about her whole journey from starting her firm two plus decades ago and her obstacles that got in her way, where she got in her own way, and then how she got to where she is today, working 35 hours a week during tax season and coaching softball. Gotcha. Now, how did she get in her own way? We all tend to do that, right? What do you think was her blocker? Yeah, and I think it's very common with all of us is when we start a firm, we just want clients. We don't really have any intention other than, hey, I need another client. I need someone that's going to pay me. And so that's just real common. It's not a terrible thing. I mean, getting revenue helps you, but then you have to have some kind of intention about the business once you get it off the ground. And I think that took her a little while to realize that. And then I know part of her journey is just over the last year, the whole switching to the Ron Baker subscription, Don will call it the relationship pricing and how that's completely changed for her. And so it was that whole journey to get to this point, which has been awesome. I love Don. She and I have become really good friends. I've only known her for 15 months, I think. It feels like I've known her forever. But I was originally going to be our keynote first speaker at our event. I've seen Don talk before, 
but she did a session at Scaling New Heights that knocked it out of the universe. It was unbelievably great session. And as soon as I saw her do that, I walked out in the hall and she just happened to be out there. And I said, I can't even look at you because I'm going to cry right now because what you just did was amazing. And right then and there, I knew I'm not our keynote. Dawn's going to be our keynote. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. But you did still speak, right? Yeah, I did an intro. Here's why we're doing this. Here's the point. Here's that brainchild I had. And then I did a lot of introducing of speakers. But the cool thing while I was there and why I didn't sit in a ton of the sessions, I think I interviewed about 11 different individuals that is kind of like a fireside chat that we just did on video that'll come out. We'll show those online after the fact. So this is kind of like a behind the scenes conference within the conference that'll come out later. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So you touched a little bit on bridging the gap being health related. And last time I had you on, I think it was the spree. We talked about your background you had a pretty serious health condition happen to you that took you a totally different direction with yourself. It's funny, like every day I feel more and more confident to talk about my past health problems and current things. And I just recorded this video on mental health that I hope to release publicly, but I'm so scared because it's like so vulnerable to have to talk about that stuff. Really, people are not discussing these things in our industry even though depression and medication and things like that are becoming much more well-received across society in general. What does it take, though? Do we need more people stepping up in our field and being like, look, I had this problem or I had this stroke? Do we need more stories of what really happened to people so that they understand how important it is? You said it. Vulnerability is huge. I could tell you so many stories that I've seen where either someone's being vulnerable or my vulnerability has helped someone else deal with something because of the story I'll tell. But I think, yeah, I think we need more and more people out telling that. We did this in the conference. We had our second keynote. So we basically had two keynotes each day. Our second keynote was Jeremy Clapton. And I've known Jeremy for a while. Jeremy's a director with Upstream Academy. People are probably familiar with Sam Allred. He's been in this profession a long time. Jeremy and I were talking about the conference and Jeremy has had me on his podcast as well. And he was one of the first ones where I talked about the mental health story. And he said, I've been wanting to tell my story, meaning his story. And I'm looking at my other screen here because this is what it was called. How an achievement driven people pleaser with workaholic tendencies found balance. And yeah, and so just the title says so much. And that's another guy that I don't think I'm putting words in his mouth, but I don't think he was ever completely comfortable sharing this story. And he shared it with me about a year ago, his story of growing up and things that he went through. And he was so excited that he finally had a platform to tell the story. I heard it was extremely emotional. I'm going to watch it on tape. It was while I was doing another interview. Like you said, vulnerability, it's hard. But once you do it, the benefits that you see, the lives that you see affected by sharing your own story has just been amazing. And I'm really looking forward to watching the Jeremy story. Yeah, that sounds really good. And I'm glad that he came to a point where he felt like he could share that. So yeah, precursor to my video, whenever it's coming out, I had a tough childhood. My parents were very emotionally absent. They were divorced when I was young. 
And my mom had schizophrenia and a lot of mental disorders. And unfortunately, the brunt of that got taken out on my sister. She has a lot of health issues. She's in the hospital as we speak, actually. But that caused me to have major depressive disorder since I was nine. It's all I've lived with in my whole life. And people don't realize this about me because I'm so passionate about our industry and what we do. And I have such a passion for it. I don't show that side of me, but I have serious chronic fatigue. I have to sleep at least 12 hours somehow in a day or else I'm like wonky as can be. I'm hoping that the more that I share from that, more people will identify with it because there's what, three out of 10 of us, I believe, that struggle with depression or a mental disorder of some sort. And we need to be talking about it more. I try to focus on, oh, tax advisory is the new best thing to do. Move to tax advisor. It'll solve all your problems. But I think I need to be a little more direct with it. This is going to help you fix any mental problems you have. This is going to give you back the life that you deserve because accountants are hard-headed, man, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And we have these ideas in our head, this mindset that this is the way it's always been and this is the way we have to do it. And like you're just saying with advisory, you could be so much more effective. You see this benefit that you are giving to them with your advisory services, and you're going to be able to charge more because they're going to get more out of it. They're going to see the value of it. You can charge more. You can work less. You can take that vacation during tax season. You can work that 35 hours a week. You could do that. And so, yeah, I think your message and your product that you're putting out there is a really great tool to help people's mental health within the profession. Yeah. So we'll keep fighting towards that. And I appreciate having people like you that have the same goals out there. Okay. Who else talked and what were some amazing things that happened at the conference? So the speaking was just out of this world and I'm so blessed. I don't know how this happened. I got to meet you. I mean, (laughs) unbelievable. All these amazing people in this profession that I've got to meet really over the last handful of years. And every single one of them that I reached out to and said, hey, would you be able to present here? Said yes. And I'm just in awe that happens. But Terrell Turner, that guy, I love Terrell. I hang out with him every chance I get. But he did a session on From Broad to Brilliant, Crafting a Laser-Focused Accounting Firm. So niche focus, which I think is extremely important. He also was on a panel with Alnisha Jones and Don Brolin. And who moderated that? Seth Fine, which was designing the firm of your dreams. Again, let's not do cookie cutter. Let's figure out what we want to do and what our passion is. So Terrell was a huge part of it. I actually think he was on another panel as well, a marketing panel, which was pretty cool. So Terrell is one that I really enjoyed. All of them I enjoyed. I'll tell you, sorry, I'm going to ramble for a second. So one of my favorite sessions that I came up with, that sounds weird, like I came up, I guess I did, but we all worked together on this. But one of the very first panels I thought about, and you and I were talking about this, honestly, I don't know if it was after we hit record or before we hit record. See, we just have so much fun. I don't know when the fun started. It started from the second we got on Zoom here. It was the Generations panel, and I explained Generations earlier, but this panel was three different firm sizes. Jackie Cordello runs GRF. I don't know. They're like 40 or $50 million firm, been around for 50 years. Chase Berkey, who made a pivot in this firm four years ago, they were four people. And now they're 120 people and 12 or million or something like that. And then Duke Alexander Moore. I don't know if you know Duke, but he's like three and a half million followers on TikTok. Just a really cool guy in his late 20s. So Chase's late 30s and Jackie has been in the business for a while. I don't know Jackie's nature. I'm not going to say it. But 
She runs an older firm was the point. And she's younger than me for sure. But that panel talking about how these three different generational firms look at things and how they look at developing businesses and how they look at their tech stack and how they look at marketing and all these things. And they all had such unique, innovative things they were doing at all these different firm levels. And just seeing that at different firm levels was so cool. That is awesome. Yeah. I don't think I met Duke. I want to for sure. He looks very friendly on the webpage. And same with Terrell. I keep hearing about him, but I don't think I've actually met him. So we'll definitely have to reach out, see what they're up to and how they're innovating. Maybe I can have them as a podcast guest. That would be super cool. And then I just talked to Amy Vetter and she said all went well, but I didn't get to actually talk to her about the details of her session. I know she likes to bring yoga and all kinds of stuff into her sessions, right? Yep. So Amy was there two sessions. She did one based on her book, Disconnect to Connect. So it was based on her new book. And then she had a second session, which is kind of a book discussion where a small group went in, they all talked about the book. Amy was there signing books. And originally we talked to Amy about running uh, yoga at the conference, but she was going to be busy attending sessions. And we wanted a wellness room that was running the entire conference. So both days from 7 a.m. till 4 p.m., we had a wellness room that was run by a yogi, and there was different sessions every 45 minutes. It was yoga, it was mindfulness, it was sound therapy, it was meditation, even just tables set up for coloring and puzzles and just relaxation methods that you could do. And it was a big hit. People just were so excited that we had that option for them. Yeah, I work mainly from home, but when I had someone come in town for a strategy meeting or something, I had one last Friday and I rented out it wasn't WeWorks. WeWorks is struggling big time. It was, you know, one of those co-working spaces. I was like, why do co-working spaces not have hourly meditation, yoga, workout? What's happening? Like, that's what people want, right? They want the community. They want to get exercise and health benefits. But of course, I'm not going to be the one to create it because I got way too much stuff on my plate. So if anyone's listening, you do that and let us know. We'll call it the Jackie Meyer workspace wellness initiative, the Meyer method. So you're much better at these marketing things than me. Oh, you said the community. That was a huge part of this. The community kept coming up over and over. We need this community. This is a cool community. Now we as a profession are a community and we have all these great people in it, but this seemed to be almost the change agent community a little bit. It was like everybody here is trying to do things different, trying to not be status quo, trying not to be the same firm. Accounting hasn't changed and whatever. Somebody said 80 years, we're doing the same thing today we're doing 80 years ago. And so this community that was there from a speaker standpoint and attendee standpoint were these individuals that are trying to break that mold. Let's see how we do things different. Let's move this profession forward and out of the dark ages, I guess that's what you call it. But if we haven't changed in 80 years, I think we kind of are in the dark ages. Yeah. So are there ways, have you figured out ways to keep this newfound community for the conference together? Or is it going to be the annual meetup? Are you definitely going to have another one next year? What's the insider scoop, man? So none of this is official. 
We haven't even met since the end of the conference yet. We were talking at the conference because the original thought was, can we do this again? Because it was so much work. And honestly, I never thought it could live up to the expectations that I had set for it because in my mind, it had to be perfect. It had to do this. It had to meet that. It had to help people change. It had to be all these things. And somehow, and I know it's not somehow, because of our marketing department and the attendees, it exceeded my expectations. And from that standpoint, I think we would be in big trouble if we didn't do it again. <laughs> People would come after us. Hey, we want this. We need it. So right now, the unofficial plan is this is going to be an annual event. We are going to be asking for a lot of feedback from attendees. We want to know the good, the bad, the ugly. We want to see where we can improve. You don't know how many times I heard best conference ever. And I'm just in awe of that. But yes, the plan is to go forward. My first thought is, and everybody told me this, when you set up a conference, people don't sign up to like the last month. And I'm mentally not going to deal with that again, because that's what it ended up being. For the most part, we ended up with 201 people. Our goal was 200. So we got to our numbers. But because there's so much buzz around it that everybody's just already talking about next year. I think what we're going to do is something like almost not an exclusive thing, but more of a, hey, anybody was there this last year, we're going to limit it to you know, 200, 300 people next year, whatever. Maybe we'll say 300. We're going to send out invites to the 200 that were there and they're going to have first choice to come. Now, this is not official. This is just brainstorm. No, I love this because it's similar to every coaching masterclass I kick off. People wait until freaking day before to sign up and you've got to fill 20 spots in this high ticket class and you're just like sweating and I hate it. So anything that can, you know, I guess, get people to move forward earlier, I think that's a really good idea. I think focusing on the exclusivity, and then maybe throw on a little bit of a discount on I don't think accounts actually go that hard on discounts. They're more about just being last minute people. <laughs> yep. No, it's true. I agree. That's what I saw. I saw that for sure. Our price was pretty cheap. It was reasonable. What's the right word? $6.49 early bird, $7.99 full. And I didn't think that was outrageous. It may have to go up next year, too, because our costs well exceeded what we thought they were going to be. I wasn't going to ask that, but from someone who's hosted too many conferences, I realize how costly they are. The attendees never understand that you're not making any money off of this, and you've just dedicated your entire life to it for four months or something, right? So kudos to you for that side of it, because people don't think about it at all, and it's so much work. Oh, it is. We have a six-person marketing team, six people full-time, not counting me. And that's pretty much everything everybody did for the last six months, it seems, is just conference. But that's, I think, why it, it came off so good. The community part of it was such a key thing. Meeting new people. I was so happy that there's this group of, I don't know the right term, influencers that were there. And my concern was, are they going to be their own thing and people aren't going to be able to get to know them? Because people were coming to meet Don Brolin. They were coming to meet Jason Stass, John Garrett, all these people. One person quoted said, hey, it was my LinkedIn feed coming to life. And so they were there to meet those people. But I had so many first-time conference attendees, not even at our conference, first-time conference attendees come up to me and thanking me. 
and how great it was that everybody was so friendly and how people went out of their way to introduce themselves and get to know new people. And so the community aspect of it was just gigantic to me. That's amazing. When you said that everyone was forward thinking, I was like, man, I want to know all those people. (laughs) So maybe I'll get on a sponsorship next year that I'll be able to get to know everybody. But yeah, that's really neat because it's hard to find 200 plus people that are all thinking we need to change. We need to do this different or I'm not going to go with a status quo, right? Oh, yeah. And partly it was just, like I said before, I got to meet all these people in the last few years. I knew who were the people who were thinking different. Chase Berkey, who's building a firm that, like I said, went from four people four years ago to 120 people now or whatever it is, because they have a, whatever, five or six person leadership team that all they do is concentrate on running the business, not client facing. And so looking at that, Elnisha Jones, who started her business because After years of being in big four, realized that's not the life she wanted and became a working mother and realized that she wanted to be a place where working mothers could go and have family time and still work. And so they work four days a week. They make sure that they don't work weekends. They don't work Fridays. She designed her firm that way. Just all these cool stories that people get to share. That was so much fun. For sure. Yeah. Oh, I see Geraldine Carter. So we're in an air group together, which is a lot of fun. I'm interviewing her pretty soon on the podcast. Oh, Kevin Parks. She's the best. Yep. Love her. The 18th of September is International Equal Pay Day. So I decided to form a little panel with some of the top 50 women and they're on it. And I'm so excited to talk to them about where they came from and what they're doing to influence everybody now. So that's really neat. It's actually Kimberly Elson Taylor and Amy Vetter because they both won top 50 women in accounting at AICP Engage. And then I've got a few other of the top 50 and then Gail Perry, who has been a zillion times. Gail was at the conference too. Very cool. Yeah, I love Gail. She's amazing. Yeah, it's the first time I met her, but it was very nice to meet her. Yeah, so I'm looking at the list now too. So we, we had one panel. So I just said collaboration and community a hundred times, but I'm going to say it again real quick. We had one panel. Josh Lance was supposed to be there and be on it, but Josh couldn't make it. He wouldn't mind if I said, but Josh has cancer. Yeah, I saw that. And I saw him on the list and I was thinking, I wonder if he made it because I knew he was struggling with some things earlier this year and he had put it out on social and whatnot. So definitely sending our best wishes to him and his family. Yeah, no, I was with him two weeks ago in San Francisco and he said he was doing great and got back from there and all of a sudden had emergency surgery. And so he had a big setback, but we had a panel that he was supposed to be on, which was how to run an accounting practice. And it was with him and Scott Scrano and Kenji Koromoto. And it pivoted because Josh couldn't be on there. We had a Dan Luthi and Kristen Keats to that panel because Dan and Kristen and Kenji all have been helping Josh and his firm while he's been dealing with the medical issues. And so it became how we run an accounting practice basically while we're absent as well and the community support and help that we have for each other. So it was cool that they could step in and Josh gave us his okay that we could talk about what he's going through in that. I was in the kickoff of the conference. I was up on stage, obviously, saying what we're doing and everything. I did a selfie video behind me was the whole audience and on cue, everybody started waving. 
hi josh and clapping and everything and we sent him that video so we want him to know that he was there with us yeah that's awesome okay yeah small world because scott is my good friend and i was just on his podcast or he was on mine or something like that and i didn't realize they knew each other oh yeah man i would be a rapper in a second if i could do that but you know that's not my thing he performed twice at the conference too he wrote a, a rap specifically for the conference that he and I videotaped it. I'm aging myself. Speaking of old age. <laughs> yeah, we recorded I got to get with it. We recorded it out in San Francisco and Denver about three weeks ago, two different spots. And then his editor did a great job. And then he did another one he wrote like last second for the conference. So we did a bunch of fun stuff. The award show we did. Oh, man. Like I said, Jason and John just crushed it. I told them beforehand. I said, hey, just so you know. This show's going to make or break the conference. No pressure on you, but you guys got to crush it. And I knew they would, and they did a great job. Yeah, that's great. Very cool. Okay. I don't know, is Scott's video out on YouTube? How can people watch that? So he has clips right now on LinkedIn that you could see like minute at a time. I have the full video. I got to ask him what he wants me to do with it. So if we could put it out there somewhere. But if so, I can shoot you a link. Yeah, I was thinking maybe I'll email Scott. I'll text Scott because he doesn't answer his email and say, hey, for people that listen to this podcast with Randy and I, they can get the special link to the full video. So TBD, maybe we'll get that, but we'll see. I think we will. Yeah. So on that note, we're about to hit our hour point, which is perfect for earmark. CPE purposes. <laughs> and I think that we've probably maybe blown people's minds with all the different topics and people and stuff like that happening. If people are interested in checking out the conference, where should they go? Well, Trimerit is our company, T-R-I-M-E-R-I-T.com. The page is still up there. You can see all the sessions, everybody that was on it. If you log into LinkedIn right now, it's at least all that anybody's talking about in my feed. I guess that's probably because I'm being tagged on these things, but everybody had a great time there. And I would just watch on the Trimare page because the information will come out on next year's. And I'm guessing sooner than later because we want to jumpstart this pretty quick. Okay, awesome. And then you did make an announcement at the conference about two new service offerings that Trimerit is doing. Tell everyone about that real fast. Yeah, I'm not just a conference host. <laughs> we actually have a business. Trimerit, we do specialty tax. And there's two new things that we announced there. The one's been on the works, and you've known about this. You and I have talked about it months ago. But renewable energy tax credits, it's this huge opportunity, over a trillion dollars in tax savings over the next 10 years which if you compare that to the R&D tax credit, that's $100 billion. So it's 10 times the opportunity that the R&D tax credit is. And it's for anybody that's producing renewable energy, using renewable energy, manufacturing materials that go into renewable energy, manufacturing products used in renewable energy, enhancing your facilities to reduce greenhouse, all these different things were about around renewable energy and the value of the credit's huge. So that was the one that came out. Now, that's not just residential, that's commercial as well? Yeah, what I'm talking about is the commercial end. There is residential as well. Just to be clear, yeah. So there's a huge opportunity for business owners with commercial properties to get that credit by just setting up their new build or whatever, modeling in a cool direction with solar energy or whatever, right? Any renewable, yeah, and solar is going to be a big one. And the cool thing about this is, 
And I know you told me quick, but I'm going to go on a tangent. The cool thing about this is they made it really user-friendly. So you can actually be a nonprofit. Let's say you're a church. You put solar panels on. You can turn that into a tax payment. And then you do your 990, it becomes a refundable credit because you don't owe any taxes. So nonprofits can now get a tax credit. It can offset AMT for tax paying entities. It carries back three years, carry for 20 years, offset AMT the entire time. And if you can't use it in your tax paying entity, you can sell it as well. So it, it became very user friendly. So that was the one. So sorry, let's clarify. Selling it. So a lot of people don't realize this. So you're saying like there's third parties that are kind of restructuring these deals to where other people can purchase the credit from you. And how does someone go about doing that? Yeah. So we're still researching that. And we've teamed up with a few companies that look like they're going to start doing this, but it is just basically you have a broker in the middle, probably you have a hundred thousand dollar credit. You can't use it. You sell it. And I'm just making numbers up now, but you sell it for 80,000 to a taxpayer that can actually use the credit. They benefit because they net 20,000 of savings. You net 80,000 in your pocket that you wouldn't have had because you couldn't use the credit. So that's the bottom line. I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee right now. I'm educating a large firm on these tomorrow, and I'm getting asked to do this nonstop these days. So I think we've got the word out there enough that people are starting to realize that this is a big deal. And it just happened a year ago, and it didn't kick in until January 1st. And so we've been pretty busy. People that have not paid attention, but the knowledge base on it is increasing quickly. Okay, cool. And is this the same as what people are calling the federal solar tax credit or the investment tax credit? So this is an investment tax credit. So solar could be tied into it, but it is a federal investment tax credit. Then there's two versions. There's an investment tax credit and a production tax credit. So you could look to see if you qualify for either one of them. You can't qualify for both. You can qualify, you just can't use them both. So I actually have a broker reference for you. If you want to talk to someone else, the preferred vendor in Tax One IQ, hopefully Trimerit will be as well. But yeah, they're really great and they have all these connections. I've had a couple people use them and really do a good job. Definitely. Okay, so that's that one. And then there was the ERC second review kind of thing, right? Yeah. So I know everybody's sick of ERC just because there's so much misinformation out there, but we've done ERC from the beginning. Hopefully it's obvious we do it right. We don't push the envelope, all these commercials that are just, I cringe every time I see them. But what we get asked all the time is, Hey, my client just found out they got this $2 million credit. We already told them they don't qualify. This other company's telling them they qualify. Can you give us an opinion? And so what we've done is we decide, you know what, let's give the tax preparer a peace of mind. Let's look at it. We'll give our opinion and we'll give probably one of four answers. Yes, it was a good credit. Don't do anything. No, it was completely false credit. You have to return the money, file another 941X, and we will do that as part of our service. It was partially right. They have to return some of the money or it was partially right. They actually are due more money. So we'll just look at it. We'll give our opinion. And then if the client wants to move forward with any of those four, we'll finalize it for them, whatever the option is. And if they just want to take the information, do whatever tax preparer has peace of mind, they can file the income tax return. That's part of it as well. But it's more of a one, let's keep the taxpayers out of penalty. But two, let's give the tax preparers peace of mind that they can file that income tax return because they are on the hook if something isn't accurate there. 
Yeah, no, I think that's going to be a really highly valued service. What are we looking at with the IRS and the audit potential? Is it three years or would it be even further because of the fraudulent aspect? Employee retention credit was basically the last three quarters of 20, the first three quarters of 21, for the most part. There was the last quarter of 21 for certain clients. So there's a three-year statute on the first five quarters of uh, ERC. In the last two quarters, there's a five-year statute. So that can be audited by the IRS for up to five years. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to elongate that in general with the fraudulent transactions because they're going to be so busy. But who knows? We'll see. So yeah. So go to tron-merit.com and Randy and his team do it all when it comes to like credit seductions, cost segs, R&D credit, the things we just talked about. Y'all offer a wide range of services and it's very high quality. So I highly recommend that. Thank you. That's my commercial for you Thank since you. you don't like to do commercials for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm terrible at that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> and then what platform is best to follow you if people want more insights from you? Is it LinkedIn, Twitter? LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where most of our marketing team spends stuff. I actually got lazy on posting because marketing team tags me on everything. That's where we are though, is LinkedIn for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, go find Randy Crabtree on LinkedIn. And Randy, thank you so much for being here, especially so close to your event. And hopefully you get some R&R after this big presentation you have tomorrow. And take care of yourself, all right? We'll talk soon. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for listening to the Concierge CPA hosted by Tax Plan IQ. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. If you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program, please visit JackieMeyerCPA.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-C-P-A.com to apply. Please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work. Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.